Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. <laughs> Carolyn, we've been talking. Mm-hmm. If only our listeners could be a fly on the wall and hear our conversations. We were worried about that a couple of podcasts ago. And by the way, not podcasts, well, I guess it's podcasts, but video, mm. Facebook Live. Oh, yes. By the way, we're going to try to get back to Facebook Live, but we've had a bit of a difficulty figuring out how to do that, and, and <laughs> we're, we're amateurs when it comes to the this video is true. part. But what we were worried about was that we let it run long. <laughs> Facebook Live. And so we did the podcast, and then you and I are just like chat up a storm, and then all of a sudden we realized <gasps> somebody, hot mic, <laughs> somebody has been listening. But Carol, and we will get back to that, right? We're going to do the Facebook Live again at oh, some yes. point. Oh, yes. I thought you meant the other part. So, Carol. Yes, sir. I should say your face is all aglow. Well, it should be because I just came from sunny Orlando. <laughs> See? <laughs> and that was what we were chatting about. Not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. sunny Orlando. But we were talking about Moses. I think you said Exodus 34, yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. come off the mountain and his face was aglow yeah, because he'd been in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. But it is true. Mm-hmm. When you get refreshed, yeah. when you take a, a break, when you don't have to contend with me. <laughs> so difficult. And who, right. And who wouldn't want to go to Orlando? Well, you know, we was there for a conference, and somebody said, "Have fun at Disney," and I was like, "We're not going to yes, Disney. Yes. We're uh, we're going to stay in rooms and learn." <laughs> but we was able to we were able to um, sit and enjoy and have some peace. There, if there was anything negative, we didn't get to do the Lazy River, mm. so I was a little sad about that. Yes, but you know, we found out all kinds of great information, and it was refreshing. But this is also bittersweet as it's probably our last time going as parents of children with albinism and Bella being a part of the quote kids conference you know she's gonna be a senior and so she wants to go back next time as a volunteer we want to go back next time and kind of give back and so it's sort of you know the end of an era sort of Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit bittersweet but Mm -hmm. yeah we we got to as much as one can, rushing in airports and things like that. We got to relax a little bit. Well, and it's just, again, kind of being away, seeing things mm-hmm. differently. Right. Certainly plenty of time in all of that rushing around, I'm sure, when yeah. uh, you've had chances to think or at least have moments of repose to give some consideration, maybe see life in a little bit of a different context. I have to prioritize that. I'll just add that in for our listeners as a bonus. Those times don't always just happen. Well, and as much as, again, Moses was on a mountaintop, mm-hmm. and certainly it was a time of some reflection, <laughs> and it was on the heels of, in Exodus 32, uh, 33, right. some difficulties yeah, yeah, with the people, and certainly the Ten Commandments. And Would you say that he felt, have you ever felt like there's a situation going on and you don't really have time to do that? You have to, get to, you have to attend to this. What is it, sacrifice the important for the urgent? Have you ever heard that? Well, saying? yeah, it's Mary Martha. I mean, there there is a yeah. time to be with Jesus, and then there's a time to rush around and do all the stuff that goes along with the active. But the but that can be distracting. Into for me, I can look at all those things I have to do, and that seems really important. But I have to consciously make that like prioritize that time because I can very easily fill it with everything else and say I don't have time to do that. I don't, you know, blah blah. So. I just want to throw that in for our listeners that it doesn't just magically happen that, you know, I, I've even prayed for time to spend time with God. <laughs> like, please don't let anybody come interrupt our time. Well, and two minutes later, somebody knocks on the door. But, you know, I still trust God in that moment. And, you know, usually God will open up another door at another time. But, yeah, that... I think of Moses, you know, if that was me, I would have been like one eye closed, praying, one eye peeking down the mountain, see what they're doing down there. <laughs> because life is distracting. And, you know, he cared about those people, obviously. You know, Aaron was down there. Aaron? 
<laughs> his brother. Yes. The priest. Well, yeah, but I was thinking who was down there with a the calf. Aaron. Aaron, yeah. 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 So, so, so this notion, though, that we Aaron should, was supposed to hold the fort down, and he didn't. Do it we should spend time with the Lord, and certainly we get caught up in the busyness of it. Whether it's Mary and Martha, and Mary knew the better portion; she was going to hang out with Jesus while he was there. Martha couldn't get her mind off of all the things that had to go on or be done. The logistics of it. I'm sure Moses was all caught up in the logistics of it and getting it done, and certainly the instructions. And it was all written out. This is this is mm-hmm. what you need to do, and and then of course the reality of translating that in some sort of tangible sort of measure to the people and and then of course his failure ultimate failure because he got all caught up in that failed to really take what he had gotten from his conversation with God on the mountaintop and apply it and had to go back up and not only get the Ten Commandments as would then again be forgiven of God but actually had an audience with God which probably is why his face glowed because there was a certain degree of glory did I do a good job of setting it up the yes content? very good Thank you. So here we go. We're going to go to Romans, your favorite verses. 15, starting with verse 7. Oh, I should say this before we go there. We've been into some heavy stuff on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to (laughs) get the reputation of the only thing we like talking about is doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Yeah, doom and gloom. (laughs) But at the same time, I think that's the point, too, because perspective. It's easy to get caught up. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly biblical, so it's not like it's not biblical. And as much as, again, I really enjoy Old and New Testament, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that as those that might regularly listen to us on the podcast will begin to realize all the stuff in the New Testament was in the Old Testament. Right. The perspective changed. With Jesus, the perspective changed. Up to the point of Jesus, though, they fell into the trap of the doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. They fell into the trap of all the things that they were doing right. They were caught up in the busyness of it. Mm-hmm. And it is overwhelming. You can't get it done mm-hmm. of yourself singularly. And if you don't learn, as you said, diligently so, make an effort to enter into the presence of God. <laughs> Commit these things, maybe not just to memory, maybe you like Moses. Maybe you should write them down now and then. Just don't lose the note, right? <laughs> yep. But to be in the presence of the Lord, and particularly of God, is a great perspective changer. Mm-hmm. But how you get there, God wants to certainly did, wanted to, certainly did make a passage, wants us to, mm-hmm enter into him, or at least into enter him enter into his presence right. as through Christ. But until Jesus came, it was all one sided. The perspective was all we're gonna die. And we can't do nothing about it. It's all going to end. There's nothing. We can't overcome it. We can't conquer it. We don't we don't have the power or the prowess. We don't have the knowledge. Uh, we have a bit of knowledge. We know what we're supposed to be, but we have no knowledge really in the sense of how to get us there. Mm-hmm. And we're lacking greatly in wisdom. But when Jesus comes, and this is why we're going to go to Romans 15, verse 7. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us, to the glory of God. Now, I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glory God or glorify God for his mercy as written. And again, just to kind of note it. Paul's referencing the Old Testament. And he's speaking to the Hebrew people in Rome. So it's important that he do this, but it's important that we realize this too, whether we're Hebrew or not, or whether we're in Rome or not, or whether we grew up with the Old Testament or not. Maybe we just come to Jesus just by the preaching of the gospel, but it's important to understand the Old Testament because if you don't, you're going to learn it firsthand. Right? Because it's just a pattern. If you're not careful, you're going to get caught up in your busyness, rush it around, do it all these things, and you're going to forget what really makes the covenant possible. Mm -hmm. Certainly the motive, wanting to, desiring to please God, but also the understanding you can't, but don't let that throw you off because God already knows you won't. (laughs) And that's why... He's given us Jesus, 
And that's why Jesus came, so as we might then, from that side of it, realize, well, I can't use that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Jesus is going to save me, or I can find forgiveness when I fall short. Too much, because then I'll quit trying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that won't do anybody any good, because right. there's still a material kingdom that has to be tended to, right? Mm -hmm. But what it does mean is when we've given it our all and we feel exhausted and we're starting to get a little of that burnout thing going, when it's all doom and gloom, when we're caught up in why everything is going to hell in a handbasket, as they used to say, we can find hope. <laughs> so here we go. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles. Because they don't know this. They don't know the Old Testament stuff. They just know it, well they know it, but they don't know it in context of the Christ in context of the prophecy, in context of the covenant, which then gives us a promise mm -hmm. of refreshment, of forgiveness, resurrection to come. They just know it from the standpoint of, in a material sense, right. <laughs> you're not going to win. It just happened. Yes, if you're <laughs> going to try to do it out of yourself, you just keep trying. Mm -hmm. And again... Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud Him, all ye people. And again... Isaiah, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse. Here we go. Jesus. This is what they knew in the Old Testament. They just didn't know how to get there. A root of Jesse. And he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. And here we go. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. All right, that's your favorite verse. So many parts to it. I mean, there's so many pieces of that. Well, the greatest is hope. Right. The greatest is this isn't going to kill you. The greatest is you think it's going to. The greatest is that you think that you've got to do it all on your own or you've gotten so caught up right. in doing it on your own that you've forgotten that God was there and you didn't attend to the relationship and you didn't bother to listen to him. You didn't bother to talk to him. You just rushed around flying on airplanes. You've been reading my journal. <laughs> And then that's why I asked you, what do you want to talk about? You said, my favorite verse. I asked what you want to talk about, and then we went to your favorite verse. Why is this so appealing? I bristle when you were, before you started reading the scripture, and you were talking about doom and gloom, and the earth going to hell in the handbasket, and I was like... That'd be something like, Tim would say. It's like porcupine thing. <laughs> kind of... Kind of uh, prickly spine. and bristly? Yeah, I just, I was like... I thought, stop talking. <laughs> because it it grates against me. And I know everybody's not me. And I know everybody's not an eternal optimist and blah, blah, blah. But I am. That's why God made me. <laughs> and so when I read this, um, the God of hope, there's so many parts to it. The God of hope, right there. The God of hope. Um, without hope, we don't have anything. You know, it's been said, you know, what is it, seven days without food and four days without water or something like that. Um, you know, so many seconds, so many minutes without air, but, you know, we can't live one second without hope. And so that's, we could just stop right there, the God of hope. Uh, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So it's kind of two-parted there. You can't just... We can say, fill you with all joy and peace, and He will, but it's as we trust in Him. So it may not look joyful or peaceful around us, but we're going to trust Him that He will fill us with those things. And then what happens when we do that? We overflow with hope. This is the NIV. We overflow with hope after we've done those things. And who doesn't want to overflow with hope? I mean, in this world that's so dismal and and yes there's a lot of great things happening but there's so many things that are just we just shake our heads at and nobody wants to watch the news nobody wants to hear anything that's going on in the world because most of it's just sort of dismal and, and disappointing and discouraging so we can overflow with hope which is awesome because that just makes me feel like that's what I'm going to speak that's how I'm going to act and then how are we going to do that? Not by me. This is another part of the verse. So many parts. 
Um, because we're not always going to feel hopeful. Even when he fills us with this joy and peace, yes, we may feel that, but hopeful. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know if our listeners ever felt like this. We prayed and we knew God could, but would he? That's a question. Well, you don't deserve it. <laughs> well, I don't either. Thanks. Even we're up to my goodness. Thanks for bringing that down, David. <laughs> well, but that's the point, though, right? That's the whole notion because when you start to talk in those the terms, and I'm not disagreeing with, I never disagree pretty much with everything you say. I'm really, I think it's all accurate, true. Uh, I know you've studied it. I, I have. You have cred with me. But I think some people, and you like to do this, you like to kind of say things with some appreciation for somebody out there in podcast land who might take it and think, oh, we think we're better than everybody else, or we think we do this better, or we think it's easy. And No, we're not saying that because mm-hmm. we understand it. So in that same sort of spirit, I think this is what we need to recognize. If we didn't understand what we would do and how we'd afoul, go afoul or foul it up, out of ourselves, without God, then we really wouldn't understand His true glory. Mm-hmm. But in that same sort of a way, if we understand His true glory, the perspective, there's two sides. Mm-hmm. You look at God from the Old Testament out of your humanity and say, I can't do this. I'm just a failure again. But if you can ever get to the place where you can understand His glory, mm-hmm. and if you understand what we just read, what you were mm-hmm. kind of uh, going through and, and pointing out, you know, what isn't there wonderful... We wouldn't understand that's because of Jesus. But you can't understand really what Jesus did until you understand what Jesus did. And the glory of the Lord is, we don't deserve anything except that God would love us such and sufficient to give us everything because of His Son Jesus. Because of what that meant. And what does that mean? It's forgiveness. Right. Well, that last part, let me wrap this up where it says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I said, you know, we may not always feel hopeful. But the power of the Holy Spirit is what's going to do it. And the reason I do that, um, not that I feel like I have to justify that, but I want to share Jesus with the world. They don't always want Jesus. (laughs) And people have their various reasons why. So the thing of it is, is that I want to show them the other perspectives because I know that there's other perspectives out there. And, and I've even thought them. I've thought, you know, when I pray and, and wondered, will he answer this or will, you know, or why didn't he answer this? Why weren't you there, God? I needed you at this time and I didn't feel like you were there. Now, looking back on that time, I can say, yes, he was with me. Maybe I didn't see it or feel it, but he was with me. And this verse helps me, you know, as I trust in Him. But if we're going to reach people, I feel like we have to um, obviously let the Holy Spirit work through us and guide us and give us wisdom what to say. But people don't always think like us. And they're not going to come to it looking at it from our perspective. And so I feel like it's important to sort of acknowledge that and let them know, okay, you know, that's that's where you're at. And God loved us first. God met us where we were at. And so, you know, um, I can share, you know, my hope with them. And if they don't receive it, you know, then maybe I planted a seed. But I, I feel like that, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't try to at least acknowledge their perspective. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Well, it, it I mean, yes. God changes my perspective frequently because <laughs> sometimes I get, you know, I want to look what? at it my way, but, you know, He is the way. He's the truth and the life. So I have to, you know, whenever I get kind of like, you know, sideways with it, He realigns me. But, I mean, I have lost family members that just have no clue when I try to talk to them about stuff and it's like I, I get sometimes frustrated sometimes I get aggravated or you know or discouraged or whatever but that's not up to me that's up to God to you know to line that out I don't know what they hear when I speak well so, they're just gonna hear your words until they well, see hopefully it. they hear Jesus I know, I know. you know because I don't want the because I'm not Jesus hello <laughs> but the actions yeah the actions right the actions because the, I think what the world really hates mm-hmm. are phonies and hypocrites Hypocrite. yep 
Because exactly. if you go around preaching and don't do, if, if God says, I'm angry and I want to kill this people and I want to give you, Moses, the inheritance that I promised them. And uh, Moses says, oh, but don't do that, God. And then God helps Moses. God repents. God helps Moses and gives him the Ten Commandments. Then Moses shouldn't come off the mountain and break them and then have a third of the camp killed. That's not. You can call it righteous indignation. I get it. It is. But that's hypocrisy. And, and I'm not going to say that I would do any different because I don't know what I'd do. Right. I'm not going to say that I don't get mad. I'm not going to say that I don't curse things. Right. But I do understand, though, were it not for the grace of God and even his benevolence in trying to teach me by offering up himself as an example mm -hmm. so that I would understand it within a material dimension, what that integrity really looks like. Right. Why should he have to put himself in a position to go through what Jesus went through just so that I would believe him except my inferiority, mm -hmm. my duplicity, my cunning, my and negative... You, and you're my confessing that. But, well, you have to. Well, And that's another one of my favorite verses about, you know, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. And then, of course, everybody likes the last part of that about the effective prayers of a righteous man availed much. But the confessing their sins to each other. So I'm going to confess something to you. I was a hypocrite. <laughs> I ran into one of these young girls that was going on our mission trip at a store. They were looking for clothes for the um, trip, and she couldn't find anything. And she said, I wanted to match. And she said, I want to buy some clothes that match. And I was like, Psh that doesn't matter. We're in another, you know, sorry to say another country. We're in another state. We're, we'll be working. Nobody cares. Nobody, don't even think about that. Just, you know, um, just wear whatever. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to look. Okay. And I felt a little bit convicted when I said it because I, like, sort of the Holy Spirit was like, it's time to shut up. And I was like, okay. So then we get to New Mexico. <laughs> And one of the older ladies comes over to me, and she says, "She, we had these bunks in a room, and there's lots of beds, and so, you know, everybody's, we just got there, so nobody knew, you know, really who was, all our stuff was just kind of thrown down, and we hadn't unpacked yet, and um, we had started to unpack, and she said, whose are all those shoes? I said, a very small voice. Mine. <laughs> she was like, my gosh, Carolyn. And she just kind of, you know. And I was like, well, I just, you know, I was going to wear my brown shoes and I had on brown pants on my black shoes when I had black pants and I just wanted to match. Don't you think that that didn't come back in my head? So then later that night we were playing cards and I told the girl, I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that to you because I was being a hypocrite and I just, you know, I don't want to be like that. And I just want you to know, I'm sorry for this, for those, the way I portrayed myself. And, you know, it just caught me and I was like, whoa, because it can happen like that and we don't even realize it, you know? Well, you have to own up to it. Right. Now, now the circumstances of which you feel convicted to, to do that, certainly the Holy Spirit was speaking in you, to you, uh -huh. about not being a hypocrite. But the bad news, or the good news, whichever you want to look at that, is we're all hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Because we'll all go around saying all this great stuff. And what's the difference between me and you, and what is Covenant, Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, and anybody else? Except what we would do. Our actions. Our actions. And I think that basically is where it comes back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you want to believe what we just read in Romans, mm -hmm. then you have to understand what Jesus went through. Mm -hmm. And again, Paul was preaching to the Hebrew people in Rome, but the idea though is, is they knew all about the Old Testament better than the Gentiles, better than me and you, right. better than the heathen, certainly. But what they had yet to really understand is if you don't practice what you preach, if you don't do it, you're not going to receive the blessing, and what is the blessing? It's understanding the glory of God. Mm -hmm. 
And you can say, well, you know, like you said, Dave, the bad news is that we're not. The good news is nobody is. But the really bad news is, is if you know and then you don't practice what you preach and then somebody else sees you and they think everybody's just a bunch of hypocrites, you've not offered them. If anything, you've just added to the Confirm. reason they're not going to believe the next right. person who offers yeah. of Jesus. Yep. And that's the problem is that we failed to realize that if we don't lead with Christ, if we don't understand the glory of the Lord and that dimension of why did God even go through this with us, mm -hmm. then we're going to take it for granted and we're not going to do our due diligence. Not that we would make it happen or earn it, but we have to hold ourselves to some degree of integrity if only because God gives us full choice. Right. He doesn't make anybody do anything, at least not... While we're here in a material dimension, mm -hmm. there is a penalty, obviously. It's called hell. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, that's making us do it. No, <laughs> it's your choice now. You're just going to get what you deserve when it's all said and done. But if you want redeemed, you better do it now. And if you don't live it now, why would you think you could live it any place else, right. in other, any other dimension, any right. new creation sort of dimension, any hereafter dimension? Mm -hmm. You know, it's you're not going to. Mm -hmm. So, Moses ends up back on the mountaintop, and he's beginning to understand this thing we're talking about. He's beginning to realize he's a big hypocrite. He's also beginning to realize that he's a big narcissist, <laughs> that he likes to talk the talk, but he must not be really inspiring the people in much of a different way, because, except out of threat, Right? He's going to put the fear of God in them. But that, isn't, that, that won't work either. Well, he, we know that because, I mean, that kind of ties back to him trying to get out of it, saying, like, you know, I can't speak. I need help. You know, oh, I yeah, he had all kinds of ego problems. Yeah, yeah. He, Which, if Moses could have all kinds of ego problems, then God would choose him and still use him to further the kingdom mm -hmm. so that we would understand in full distinction what it is to operate from the perspective of, of just the flesh only and how even in somebody like Moses, even in the situation scenario, even as God needed somebody in Moses' position and he put him there mm -hmm. right. for that reason, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And even Moses couldn't get into the promised land because of his ego. Yeah. But hypocrisy not only destroyed the Sadducees and Pharisees, but it destroys all those that otherwise sincerely and genuinely look to us as an example of Christ and are not going to listen to any words that you or I say except that we would be able to at some point back them up. Now, do they have to be like right away? No, I think most people are pretty gracious. I think most people have some benefit, common sense-wise, of understanding Holy Spirit sort of wisdom. They know what love is. We don't live in such the world that is devoid of that. We know that that's reserved for the end times in the book of Revelation sort of prophecy. But the idea, though, is at some point you're going to burn them out. And they're going to catch on to the game. And they may still blame themselves, feel like they're a failure. Or they're going to look at you and say, well, you know, you're just nothing but <laughs> a liar. So, and the Lord said unto Moses, now I'm in Exodus 33. You have to understand what really the glory of the Lord is. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, Shew me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will shew mercy on whom I will shew mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, passeth by, that I'll put thee in the cleft of the rock, or cliff of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen Exodus 33 
And we continue in 34. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount, and no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning, and went into Mount Sinai, and the Lord had cast, as the Lord had commanded him, and took his hand the two tables of stone, and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord, and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found, my, found grace in my sight or in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. For it is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for thine inheritance. I could go on. And of course you love, you know how much I love to be as thorough. Just read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Just read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, then you can get the Bible app, which is that voice that it wasn't God speaking a moment ago. It was the Bible app that was speaking. I hit the wrong button as I was going to the next page, the next chapter. But the point is this though. It isn't that there isn't going to be consequences for iniquity. It's that your choice. Mm -hmm. It's your choice. But God is not a hypocrite and he is not a liar. And lest anybody accuse him of such, he's not going to destroy anybody except that they would not agree in that covenant sort of term mm -hmm. with him on this one founding principle. <laughs> not live by the sword, die by the sword, but just the opposite. Well, really, it's the same thing. Live by the sword, but be resurrected by the sword. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand the glory of God including grace and mercy you don't understand what happens if you don't have that grace and mercy and then also appreciate if you reject it and you don't live it and you don't practice it you're going to die you can't show it that's what I, I tell people a lot of times if you can't understand the grace and mercy and forgiveness that you've been shown how can you possibly show that to others you can't I mean, you might think you can, and maybe a measure of it in your own strength, but it's definitely not from God. It's not of the Holy Spirit, um, which is evidence because you wouldn't be able to do it sometimes if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. There's things that we wouldn't want to show grace to. There's people that don't like the idea of, who is it, Ted Bundy, that James Dobson interviewed. There's people that don't like the fact that he may be in heaven. And they're furiated about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus died for everybody. And, you know, that's between you and God to kind of work out. But if you can't see where you've been forgiven or you've been shown grace or forgiveness, then I, I believe it's really difficult to do that within yourself. And to try to explain that to somebody, <laughs> I try to explain that to my kids, and sometimes they get it, and sometimes they don't want to get it. And I think even us as an adult, sometimes we don't, we read the Bible and we're like, I don't want to know that. I don't want, but you can't unknow it. You can't go back and say, well, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do this. I mean, he plainly tells them at the end of, um, where is it, at the end of 33, no, um, back in uh, 34, where it talks about, um, you know, marrying other people and be careful who you make treaties with, be careful who you marry. And, you know, they will lead your sons to do the same. And, um, you know, that he tells them. So it's not like they didn't know. Um, not knowing, I understand. But when you know, when God's shown you something, you know, when we read his love for us and how he wanted us to be redeemed and how he went to these measures to make sure that we had the opportunity to be redeemed with him not a forced choice but our choice then we can't unknow that you know we can't um we could pretend like we don't know it and ignore it but that doesn't help us in the end either
So I, I agree with what you're saying, but um, the grace and mercy and, and even forgiveness has to be shown. Actions, somebody once told me that why would uh, one of my kids want my God if that's what they've seen out of me and my actions? Why would they want it? And I was, ooh, that kind of hurt a little bit because I had to think about that. I had to think about what is my actions? Are they lining up with my words? Am I, <laughs> you know, what, what's happening here? So. so we go back to now, Romans 15, and start with verse 1. Okay. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we started in 7... Wherefore receive ye, and that's where we finished in 6, just then, I've read through 6. Wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. This is not done of ourselves, it is done of God. But if we don't do the verses 1 through 6, which I just got through reading, mm-hmm. then it's all about us. Right. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's, and then I'm automatically <laughs> a hypocrite. hypocrite right. That qualifies me as a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about me. It's about God. And if it's about anybody outside of God, it's about you. Mm-hmm. And why is it about you? Because Not because I think you're better or worse, because I don't want to think even in those terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just know, compared to God... He would have to look at me. If he did that with me, I'd be in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that there's differences of reward in heaven, and I understand that. But, you know, I just, I'm glad that when I get to go to heaven, (laughs) I'm not going to wear badges. There's not going to be necessarily all this stuff that's going to make, like you were talking about, Ted Bundy, make me better or worse. But, But if I don't practice, that, not only is it going against God and alienating all these individuals that are looking for love, mm-hmm. who maybe still have some desire, the divine nature, the Holy Spirit still speaking at some level. They want love. Mm-hmm. They want a world filled with love. But that's really what gets us into all this division and strife and envyings and the ups and the downs and the us making judgments and how we've got to make the world this and make the world that. No, we just have to conform ourselves as with choice. That's all we can do mm-hmm. to allow then the confirmation of being conformed, if that's the word, unto Jesus Christ to occur as God's planned it. Mm-hmm. God did not expect Moses to do anything different than what Moses did. But what Moses didn't realize was that it wasn't okay to do what he did, except that it would be useful for him to show others what it looks like when a man of God takes way too much on himself, tries to save the world single-handedly, but forgets that the only way the world's going to be saved is through the power of Jesus Christ and his or her not only man of God, but woman of God, his or her ability to enter into the sufferings of Jesus Christ. You lose a lot of people with that very last piece because mm-hmm. they don't want to do the Romans 15, 1 through 6. Right. They have difficulty doing that. But if you don't prepare yourself for that, and if you don't understand the Old Testament, all of that's about learning how to put yourself in a position of not selfish, not about me, but about God, or realizing it isn't about me, it's about God, or I need Jesus, or I need God. And then with right. that, set up the opportunity when Jesus came for them to realize they needed. Isaiah prophesied, mm-hmm. and we spoke of it here. Uh, Jesse, the seed of Jesse, you know, Paul does. The idea, though, is there's also a, a knowing 
that we needed a, a savior because we're not going to do this on our own. Right. Well, I, I think about David, you know, talking about how he can go to him, the baby that passed away. There's plenty of opportunities to see the New Testament in the Old Testament. And as I was watching people, um, I'm not really a people watcher. I'm not like my husband who can do that all day. I, I'm not really, I love people, but I, I don't want to sit and watch them. Um, so we're at the airport and there's so many people in the Miami airport. It's crazy busy. The little teeny tiny gates for this humongous airport. And you're thinking, why do they have two rows of seats for a whole plane? So it's really, really busy and crowded. And there's just so many people. And I was looking at them and everybody that, you know, maybe accidentally bumped into you or, you know, um, maybe they didn't smile or say excuse me or anything. But I was thinking to myself, people, of course, were born into sin. But I, th- I believe people are basically good, which I thought is evidenced of being created in God's image. And you can argue with me with that, but when we see small children and babies and things like that, and you know they're not tainted by the hurts of this world yet, I just believe most people are basically good. Okay, so I look for the good in them. And the thing of it is, is that, you know, we all, like you said, if we can't do one through six, you know, we may be basically good, but we still, the failings of the week, not to please ourselves, to build up our neighbors, even Christ didn't please himself. It has to be outside of us, has to be focused on others, lest we become like Moses, and then it's all about us. So, you know, this idea of of seeing all these people, and it just... I don't know, it was just like time paused for a minute while I looked at everybody and thought, you know, I'm glad that that I live in this space and time where God created people in His image. And it was just, I don't know, it was kind of a <laughs> weird moment for me to kind of gather those thoughts because I, I don't normally, you know, think like that in the airport. But it was interesting to me to see so many different types of people, but yet a cohesive sort of... And you could say, well, that's society, and those are learned behaviors, whatever. But, and I would agree with you in, in that for the most part. But I also see that love that they all desired when you were speaking of that. That's what made me think of that. Everyone desires that. And I've talked to my son about that, about, you know, there's this, this you know, pastors have used this illustration, you know, this God-shaped hole. I was like, but you keep trying different blocks and they're not fitting. You have to use the one that fits in that hole that, you know, that shape of the puzzle piece that has to be, you know, the cross, if we're going to put a shape on it. And... It's hard to get people to understand that, you know, that that's what they're really looking for. Well, and they're looking for Jesus. Right. Because it's not me, it's Christ in me. Right. And and the realization that as much as I agree, you look for the good in people, mm-hmm. but you realize they're lost until right. they have Jesus. Right. You have to look at it that way yeah. because otherwise they're going to build towers. Right. They're going to try to make themselves into something that they can't make themselves into. Right. And and I know that there is altruism in the world. I know people will lay down their life for others, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to have any sort of religious right. or Christian context on it. Right. Although I would question even that statement that there must be some residual. Mm-hmm. But my point would be this, though. Then when we see Jesus, why would we not embrace him and recognize? Because we don't like that idea. And as much as, again, what does this have to do with counseling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a reach. Call me out if you think it's too much. Okay. Because people don't come to us with that attitude. They want them fixed. Right. And to get them fixed, they want the world to change. hmm it's not about it's that. Not, no, it's not about them. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that others can't grow, but they're certainly not going to grow if only because you want because, them to. Right. Or because of you. you've, you've had your fill of them. Your or you've had your n- enough. <laughs> yeah. Or is enough is enough. Yeah. No. I've taken all I can stands and I can't stands no more. <laughs> in the immortal words of Popeye. Yes. Right? That's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Yeah. You know, you can approach people that way, and in the name of Jesus, you could do that, but it will work. Yeah. But not just for the sake of it working. It's you have to adopt that attitude 
or you're going to push against the goads. And that's really, Paul is the right person to speak to, not only because he was a Pharisee among Pharisees and could speak so eloquently of the Hebrew people to the Hebrew people, even if they should be in a Gentile sort of context in Rome. But the notion of it is, though, he himself, before Jesus, before he really got the message of Christ on the road to Damascus, he himself was a hypocrite. They can come in and see me and you, but they're going to sniff us out. You're going to figure out if we're just blowing smoke. Well, that's why we never say that we're the answer. We're never the answer. Jesus is always the answer. So if you come thinking that we're <laughs> that we're going to fix you, sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, we're going to point you towards the one that can. I can comfort you and console you. Right. But that's what Paul's also saying in the, the first six verses there, 15, right. so in Romans right. 15. Exactly. Scripture. Mm-hmm. Scripture comforts us. Right. I think it was the first six verses. To build them up. Verse 2. And, you know, please our neighbors for their good. But to build I got, them up. i got to tell them both sides of it. i got to use the Old Testament and I've got to use the New Testament. Lest they think that I am somehow a, a supremacist. That somehow, <laughs> or that I've, you know, I've somehow got an inside track here. I don't have to do it. No, we all have to do it, but they need to understand the context so that they really can understand then the glory of the Lord is you not only receive that as with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's what Moses was learning. It's hard to look. That's why he's hidden in the cliff, cliff, cliff of the rock. Mm-hmm. See, it was impossible for him to see his ego die. Mm-hmm. himself. He was not willing to put himself in the position, not that his himself would die in that sense of his soul, a mortal soul, the divine nature, or even his personage would die because we know that's what Christ came to do, was establish us in himself so he could then establish us or reestablish us in God so that none of us would perish, even the personal dimensions, mm-hmm. the Dave Clay, mm-hmm. the Carolyn Barnett, mm-hmm. the Moses aspects of it. But if you're not willing to look at that or you can't look upon that, all you're going to see is the hinder parts and you're still going to be confused. Mm -hmm. Well, how did God get water out of a rock? Well, he must have hit it, but, you know, maybe he hit it hard. No, that is not going to get water out of a rock. Mm -hmm. Banging on rocks are not going to crucify Christ or anybody who otherwise has yet to come to Christ. You're not going to get that out of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That doesn't mean promising the moon, just have to own and not be a hypocrite. You have to do the Moses thing. Right. You have to come off the mountain and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I screwed this up. Mm-hmm. It's not you guys that I should be bad at. It's my own humanity. But if I have to contend with you guys and there's a bit of anger, then maybe that is the only way any of my anger could be righteous if I filter that through this experience, mm-hmm. you know, where not only do I enter into the suffering of Christ, but I get to see God's glory. Mm-hmm. Because if I really understand that, if they repent, <laughs> how many times should I forgive them? Right. That's why the end of that verse is so critical too, that Romans fifteen thirteen, by the power of the Holy Spirit. All those things that it talked about before that has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can try on our own effort, but that's not going to last. And it's, you know, it may be even good in the beginning. You know, it may last for a while, but it's not eternal. It's not complete. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can do those things. And I'm going to again, so I guess you didn't disagree with what I said a no. moment ago. Okay. I'm going <laughs> no, you were right on the I'm going to say something very similar. Then, and again, you can always say no. I don't agree. And then we'll argue a bit. The notion, though, is you're not going to get better until you own your mistakes. You're not. You're not. A little hard well, to swallow sometimes. It takes a while. You can, you can mosey your way there. It's not that God doesn't lead you even right. into your denial or your rejection. But you've got to at least begin to own, well, <laughs> I'm wasting away again to Margaritaville. It's my own fault. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if that's appropriate song to, but who doesn't know Jimmy Buffett, right? Right. Yes. But it's his fault. Yeah. It's not this. It's not that. It's not a woman. It's him. Mm-hmm. But until you own it, you're not going to get better. 
Until you confess it, you're not going to get better. You're just going to figure out another way to be a hypocrite. It may take us three or four verses to get there, <laughs> but eventually we will get there. It's, that's, that's, that can be tough for people. Do you realize that? That can be tough for people to swallow. It's like that sentence. I don't like that. I mean, I've come to terms with it. Okay, I'll put it that way. There's two phrases I used to hate. It is what it is. I hate that phrase. And then, um, oh, I just had unsaid my tongue. My gosh. Um, oh goodness, what happened to my brain? Um, I'm gonna blame it on jet lag. You were talking about the getting there to that point. Um, about people, you know, it may take some time to get to that point. Oh, you make time for what's important. <laughs> I don't like that phrase either. Because they both hit me. You know, they both, like, ouch. It's like that, uh, the skit guys and that skit that they have. If you haven't watched them, you really need to watch them. Yeah, I've never had the privilege. You need to just look them up on YouTube. They're called the skit guys. Two guys, two pastors. Fantastic, and they do little skits. They're so meaningful. And one's called the Chisel, a man and God, and you can pretty much guess, you know, who has the chisel. And some of those things hurt. And I'm not gonna say those phrases necessarily hurt me, but they're things that God's refining in me, and things that He's helping me understand and learn. And um, like you said, there's things that we don't necessarily get to on the first verse we may not accept our issues or step one you know we don't want to go powerless we don't want to admit we have a problem but isn't that denial again what god did in demonstrating it i said that earlier in the podcast Mm -hmm. he didn't have to right but he sent jesus Mm -hmm. and jesus became part of us and entered into our suffering and it would not be that Jesus sinned, but he was in this world and he right. took on, we know that, the sins right. of the world. So right. it was not that he was also immune to, at least in a physical dimension, bearing the weight of all of that. He identified with all of it. Right. He understood all of our right. things that Paul shared. Not that, again, God wouldn't understand it or he sent Jesus so that he could understand it because right. he created us. Right. But because he was willing to do that then I am willing and go to the cross and not be a narcissist and not be prideful and not be so egotistical and not be a Pharisee or a Sadducee uh, in that kind of way of of hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. I can believe him, Mm -hmm. but he's the only one I can. (laughs) I believe in you, Carolyn, but I'm wise enough to know I can't believe in you totally because you're human. People are going to let us down. And people hopefully will believe in me to the extent or degree that they can see or they may have some discernment. That's the word. The Holy Spirit gives them discernment. You better watch out what Dave's saying right now because I think that's coming out of his flesh. That really isn't coming out of Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But the point of it is not either to taking you down or building you up or taking me down and building me up to make people feel comfortable coming to see us. Mm-hmm. The point is, though, we enter into their suffering because we are part of their suffering. We're part of all the humanity, the suffering of all humanity that God sent His Son Jesus to save. Mm-hmm. If we didn't go at it from that A, starting point of A, then everything from that point on is going to be corrupted. And with that, we're going to really not fully embrace or understand not only the glory of God, but the need for salvation in Jesus Christ, because that is the example of the glory of God, not only in the forgiveness, but the integrity piece. God is not going to ask you to do something He hasn't already done. Right. Now, you can say, well, you know, we didn't need to do that. And I said that earlier in a couple of different ways. No, we didn't. But we needed him to do that or I would not, you would not, we would not believe because mm-hmm. we had our fill with hypocrites. Right, Pharisees. Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Now do you have to go around you know, sackcloth and ashes, doom and gloom? <laughs> <laughs> do I have to keep pounding people? Locust oh, you're evil. Honey. You're sinners. You're evil. You're sinners. You know, yeah. f- f- what is it? Flagellants. Not flatulence. <laughs> flatulence, where people would put on mohair, they'd hit 
themselves yeah, with a whip yeah. and no, don't, you don't have to do that. Right. You can have fun. But the hope isn't predicated upon the fact that you aren't worthy of all of that. The hope is predicated upon the fact that God doesn't hold you to all of that if you will confess what you really, truly are. Mm -hmm. And then we could join together to become what he's called us to be because we have an advocate with the Father. We have a Lord and Savior. His name is Jesus. Don't you think it's important to see what he saved us from? Somebody asked me that one time about this sin. What did he save you from? And that was a question I wasn't seeing, you know, I didn't think was coming. And I said, well, my sin? <laughs> to me, it's very obvious, you know, he saved me from sin, past, present, future. And then, then the harder question, well, what, what, what does that look like? What is that? And I had to struggle with that for a minute because that's our pet answer as Christians. You know, he saved me from my sins. He, you know, we might recall things in our past and we might say we are future sins. But it's kind of like a story. And it's, it's kind of like words. And I think that when we truly see the part that we partake, that we partake of <laughs> with Christ, the sufferings, and what that sin really looked like, I think it's hard for us to get our mind wrapped around what exactly He did on the cross and what exactly are we saved from. And, you know, I just, I feel like that we need to go there as Christians and not sort of just sweep it under the rug. Well, He forgave me of my sins. Now I'm going to heaven. And it, it helps me have a better perspective of you know, not only his love for me and that sacrifice, but it helps me understand what exactly happened and what does that mean for me and, you know, how, how much greater do I love him because of that? And would I have, would I have went there in our relationship if I hadn't looked at that, you know? So there's parts of it that... I think it's important that we kind of delve into because otherwise it's just like, well, he saved me from my sins. Well, I hate to be, like you were saying earlier, uh, th those phrases, it is what it is, and then what was the other one? Yeah. You couldn't he remember. time for what's important. No, I hate being shown what I really am. Right. I right. hate it. Right. It's painful. Which is why I don't like It's excruciating. <laughs> and I wanted to say this earlier and hopefully have not lost the point by being so delayed in saying it. But I think Moses, just like with the Apostle Paul, I don't think they did that because they didn't want to be good. Mm -hmm. I think they did that because they were so hypersensitive or hypervigilant or hypercritical mm -hmm. that they couldn't believe that God would forgive them. Right. And so, well, maybe he didn't see this, or maybe I can just hide this. Right. Nobody makes me feel worse in this world than my wife. <laughs> that's because she so she's not mean. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I can't hide right. from she sees <laughs> all the awful things yeah. about me. Mm -hmm. Because it is that level. Not only level of candor, mm -hmm. She sees all those all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's scary. But it's the highest standard in order. And I hate to keep going back to her and saying, I screwed up again. I've let you down. I've screwed up again. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about you first. I've screwed up again. I put me first. I screwed up again. I've made it all about me, not about you. It is so incredibly humiliating to my ego. But not to Jesus. Right. Because Jesus is saying, I know. Uh -huh. I know your heart. I know your name. It's personal. You can't hide it from me, but don't try. It's not that it's okay for you to be all those awful things. Because we know you're trying to get better, and that's what the project's right. all about. Right. right. Right? Doing the best you can mm -hmm. with what you are, where you are in this material existence. Mm -hmm. But just remember, God forgives. So lest you get caught up in your hypervigilance and hypercriticism and whatever else hyper mm -hmm. that I can be and get into. And then you start to get all defensive. Mm -hmm. And you start to pretend like you're not. And then you pretend like everybody else is. And how high and mighty you are and how low and lowly yeah. they are. Uh, you know, that's the yeah. trap. Yeah. And I say that like you know because I think it's the human trap. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
But the devil loves to exploit that. But mm -hmm. one day you can't lie. <laughs> I'll come out. And when it comes out, you know, you're going to be left with it. Mm -hmm. What kind of mess did you really create? And did you bother to maintain communique with mm -hmm. the one that can show you mm -hmm. in a kind and gentle and loving manner, right. as long as you're willing to confess it, how to make corrections before it becomes such a big mess that you can't clean it up. Mm -hmm. And other people get hurt. And then you right. hit that. The realization is, and not only that, but you've taken other people down with you. With you. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. And I, especially since coming into this um, profession, I've seen a lot and it's made me think quite a bit. And since you use the illustration of marriage, I <laughs> I have been called grouchy bear more than once. But I <laughs> I noticed um this past weekend, you know, that um I am married to probably one of the kindest people there are. Now can I say that about myself? Um not quite. So, but God is helping me with that. But the thing of it is, is that I'm starting to become more aware and, and that's okay. I don't feel condemned. That's how I know the difference. And so our podcast listeners, if, it, if you feel condemned and it's heavy and you feel ashamed, that's probably not from God. God's not here to shame us. His kindness leads to repentance. So he will, and he'll be honest with me, just... Like you said, David, you know, there's some things that just have to be said straight on. You know, it is what it is. and But it's not in a hurtful way. And so when I start to kind of, I don't want to say lash out, but when, <laughs> when I start doing things I'm not proud of, then I know I'm not where I need to be, like spiritually. I know that that's not, that's not the response to love. You know, and so I may get frustrated. And then when I do those things, and I thought about it, because I can see the evidence of it, then I end up taking people down with me. And that's not what I want either. So it's important to sort of be aware of what we're doing, what we're saying, our actions, because not only are we just like responding or reacting, I want to respond. I want to have a, I want to have a thought about these things. And Tim said that one time to me. He said he thinks about everything before he says it. I about gagged. <laughs> because, you know, there's so much thought put into it. And just, you know, this upper echelon of um, thinking. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, there's no way I can achieve that because I'm down here with the other rest of the world. And, you know, but it really made me think because, you know, how often do I just react instead of respond? And so that like you said, owning up to it. And, but he is gracious when he deals with me in that. There's not, there's not shame or condemnation. We can go back to Romans 8.1 and, and see that. And, and as much as, again, you have things that you can share from your own personal experiences that helps people, you can teach them things. Hopefully they get some sense for, we try to learn the scripture and we try to apply right. it. And, right. and and so we try to make that not only so esoteric or so high-minded, like you were saying, right. that somehow yeah. it loses its relevance. But all we really need when people come see us and, and all that I really need when I try to help those people that come see us is to make sure that I'm humble enough that the Holy Spirit will take all the things that otherwise have become knowledge and with that apply it with wisdom mm -hmm. to the circumstance and situation of whatever that moment, right. however you define it, between yeah. me and that person, whatever that's about, whatever their circumstances are, marital, kids, but but and maybe we'll get to a point. There'll come a day when we will give them, well, this is what you should do with your 12-year-old. You know, this is how you should. But I can leave that up to like 999 million other textbooks right. and sources. Right. And it's not to say all of them are right. But I can tell you this, unless you have the right heart and you're seeking godly counsel, all of them are wrong. Because you can take even the best knowledge. And if you don't, it's Moses, you don't know if you can't understand the true glory of the Lord, if you're doing it out of some motive other than Christ, 
right. out of what your best understanding of, right. of giving yourself to Jesus would be, accepting Him as Lord and Savior, you're probably going to do it wrong. It's not going to turn out well. Carolyn, your face is glowing. <laughs> well, I hope so, because I have Christ in me, and why not? Why wouldn't I be? Because we have the best thing ever inside of us. Amen. Would you like to tell our listeners about how they can reach us? I would love to do that, and we would love to hear from you guys. Even if I'm going to challenge you, even just to call and leave us a voicemail telling us um, that you listened to the show or that you liked or you had a question or even just a comment, and we accept all comments. So, you know, if there's something you want to ask about or you're not sure about, reach out with us with that too, uh, to us. Uh, the best way to do that would be to call us at 304-528-9220. Or if you don't want to call, you can always email. There's some people that don't prefer to talk. And so you can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. And if you're still not sure and you just want to go online and look at us, you can go online at covenantsonline.com or check out our Facebook page under Covenants. Wow, that was a lot of options. <laughs> I like to make it easy because the easier it is, the more apt people are to do it. Hopefully our listeners, too. If you have Facebook and you do any sort of Facebooking, I'll call it that. Facebooking. That you're going to see our ad for what is coming. I've seen our ad two or three times this weekend. I was so happy about that. I was very happy. Yes, it's coming up. (laughs) People are telling me it's coming up on their page. So uh, join us as the ad would inspire. And then if you know somebody that's never seen our ad, tell them about us. Right. Because we're spreading the word about what is covenant specialized pastoral care services, Mm -hmm. Christian counseling ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And Carolyn, what do we want to wish our listeners? To be blessed. We'll catch you next week.